Hello, hello, and welcome to another episode of For the Love of Sports. My name is Michael Brazil. This is the show where I can talk about sports, I can talk about business, and I can talk about everything in between. Today, I have the incredible Thomas Sweeney. He is an account manager, member services, membership services. There we go at the Golden State Warriors. Thomas, how you doing today, buddy? I'm doing good, my man. Doing good. I got a wrap for the team today, so I love it. Yeah, you're out. you are decked out. I love that. Not messing around. Hey, man, when you're a part of one of the you know greatest franchises of the last decade. I think I'd rock that as much as I possibly could to working for him is probably right. a lot of fun. So uh, I appreciate you coming on, man. Excited to talk about Warriors. Excited to talk about how you got into the sports business universe. I think that part's very important. But the first question I have for everybody on the For the Love of Sports podcast is, why do you love sports so much? Yeah, absolutely. First off, what I'm wearing, it's so comfortable too. Warriors.com, <laughs> shop it. No. Love it. <laughs> um, yeah, no, sports. I, I grew up in a household of sports. My dad. Um, he, he, you know, born and raised in San Francisco. Basically, he was going to school um, in college and his, and his dad was going to come visit for graduation and he needed a next step. And so he picked up a sports page and in the bottom corner, it says Texas Tech has a brand new sports program. And he loved the Southeast Conference at the time. So all the classic football teams down there. He heard about it, never got to witness it in person. So he went all the way down to Texas Tech. Started a job where in a rec center, it was a converted barn and all it was was a hoop and three treadmills. Um, and since then, he latched on at Marquette University. So I was born and raised in Milwaukee and my whole life just been playing sports. I got two older brothers as well. So, you know, if it wasn't formal, it was in the backyard, uh, roughing it up. Pond hockey, hoops, soccer, all the above. Um, you know, so for me, it was an easy calling. You know, just it, it was in the family. Um, Every single one of my brothers and my dad all have degrees in sports. So that's awesome, man. And I love that. Yeah. And it's, it's cool to see. I mean, it's a, it's a family affair at that point. I think that, you know, it definitely helps and have to have those conversations. I guess, what was it that, you know, so many people grow up playing sports like you did and playing pond yep. hockey, being outside, doing stuff. What was it about? Why did you want to work in sports, especially knowing that, hey, like it's it's a rough first couple of years. It's not, you know, it's it's cool. But it also kind of sucks in certain situations. So I yeah, guess people, what was it that made yeah, you really you know, want to do it? People don't understand the time commitment. It's crazy. I like the during the pandemic this year, I obviously couldn't travel that much. And the Warriors were at the Milwaukee Bucks. So I was like, oh, my God, I'm going to finally get home for Christmas. I haven't been home for six Christmases. Um, I've missed probably five bachelor parties, like six weddings. So, you know, it's not easy. It, it, it's a grind of a job. But, you know, even to this day, all my friends, they work in business, insurance, and I'm like, I still don't know what they do, right? Mm -hmm. I can read a box score. I can talk about, I can talk about hoops for days. So um, for me, it was just, you know, doing something I love, right? Um, you know, the, the moment you forget about it being a Saturday or a, or Wednesday or a Sunday to Thursday is the moment, you know, you, you're doing something you love. So for me, you know, season long, you're working on those days anyway. So, yeah, I just love it. It's fun. I, I can't talk about auto parts and, you know, insurance and, you know, portfolios, but I can talk about hoops. There we sports. go, man. And it's a day that ends in why, right? I mean, I, I, I mean, I don't love working on the weekend. I'm sure, you know, there's, as you said, you missed a couple of bachelor parties. Those are a blast. I don't know. I don't know if you've yep. been to one recently, but they're an absolute blast. So, but you have to do what you got to do. And you're, you're in an interesting spot because again, the time commitment, especially in the beginning of your career is, frustrating but obviously as you get older into your career you, you're afforded a little bit more freedom and opportunity but that time commitment's still there you're still working on saturdays you're still working on Absolutely. sundays so 
get used to it now, guys. Just get used to it now because it's not going anywhere. As long as once you can accept that it's a day that ends in Y and you're at the Chase Center watching one of the greatest basketball players of all time and you're getting paid to do that, that's a good spot to be in. Well, that's something to think about. Maybe we'll get into it too, but when we were that good, we made the finals, you know, five years in a row. That's Mm -hmm. two extra months every single year. So it was, our summers were getting cut off. It was just a grind. So good times, of course, but of course. And and I'm excited to get into it because right, like you're you're working for the Warriors now. You had a couple positions before then. I'm excited to really get into the Warriors talk, but I want to see how you you know as you said you you wanted to get into sports. So that first job to get in, I know you were a graduate student down at or down, I guess left over into uh, San Francisco from me (laughs) here on the coast. coast. (laughs) I've uh, been there once or twice. It's a beautiful place, but not getting there anytime soon, unfortunately. But yeah, yeah, going on. One day, um, so you, you you become a graduate assistant at the University of San Francisco. Um, you're a master's, uh, you're getting your master's degree there, if I'm not mistaken, at the same time. What, yep. I guess, how do you, how do you find that position? Why do you look for that position? Was there other opportunities or was this just the, the right place, right time kind of thing? Got it. So I'm gonna make it really simple. It's all about connections and who you know, right? So my dad does, uh, he's an athletics for Mark Catton. So his good buddy who he grew up with, was the uh was the head director of the rec center um but the nice thing about it is that my whole life growing up seeing my dad work like he works but his lunch hours are playing hoops playing tennis playing pickleball playing racquetball i'm like how do i get a job mm-hmm. that you can still work eight hours a day but somehow work out for two to three hours of them and also like eat a lunch and have fun come home and call it a day and get paid for it right so i was like well this is a great start um and you know it really was because you know, it helped me pay for school. It's expensive out here in San Francisco. So without it, I couldn't have even lived out here. Um, and, you know, it, it's a good job because it's a lot of responsibility. People that run buildings like that, the rec centers, it's a small stack. You're looking at maybe five to six people. And outside of the library, it's probably the most populated, you know, uh, uh, building on campus. So constant people coming in and out you got the intramural programs we actually had the men's and women's soccer team uh located there too because we we had the field on on site uh so it was it was awesome for me great learning experience uh managing people also hiring people as well um the best story i have from there is uh danny glover from angels in the outfield (laughs) and all that he was a member at the rec and so every time i check him in i would just stand up and you know give him give him the wings (laughs) And so actually he gave me a good old Angels hat, I still wear it to this day. Nice. Not an Angels fan, but you know, so we got celebrities rolling through there too. <laughs> that is awesome. Not an Angels fan, but everybody should be a Mike Trout fan. So I think it, I, <laughs> I'd, I'd rock that hat as well, man. Is it one of the old school go. ones? Like the old school with the halo? Yep. Yep. Very Andy, cool. Danny Glover. <laughs> Did he sign it for you at least? No, I didn't sign it. Checked it in. Took cool enough. Guy. Yep. cool enough exactly you got to meet him yep. and that's the cool thing right you meet famous people nine times out of ten they're, they're pretty chill they're just normal people that you see on tv so that is right. always pretty cool so you get that opportunity and as you said it's all about connections the more and yep. more i'm in this industry this universe the more i understand it's all about connections and unfortunately during the pandemic it's hard it's much much harder i used to go to new york city two three times a week just to meet people literally yep. that's it i would just go there and meet people and talk to them just so i could build those connections and it's worked, but unfortunately during the pandemic, it hasn't. So this, uh, this little podcast I got going here is helping me a lot because it allows me to ask questions to someone like you. So with that, 
you get a little bit of responsibility, as you said. You get a, you get a nice little thing on the uh, on the resume. I'm sure a couple of your teachers or a couple of the other people that were working there wouldn't mind throwing in a recommendation for you. The first, then I get, I'm not gonna say real job, but the first professional job you get, let's call it. I think it's the easiest way to say it. You start working for the San Jose Earthquakes in soccer. Um, I don't know much about soccer in the United States. Uh, so are they in the MLS? Are they a part of the MLS? What like give me a little breakdown and and I guess what that position was and what you were doing. For sure. Oh, yeah. So San Jose Earthquakes are part of the MLS. Um, historically, they've had some good teams throughout the years. The times I was there, not so much. Um, but the job was really cool. So it's called VIP Experiences. Um, and basically, you know, it was majority of game day job with some office responsibilities. Um, I think that was them saving some extra money. Mm-hmm. Uh, but uh, basically, what was unique about the stadium that we had there is we had a row, two rows of almost like field side seats. So like what you could compare to like court side seats for basketball. You know, if you ask me, I don't even think those are the best seats in soccer because you can't really, mm-hmm. you know, view from above. And so my job was to literally set up a barbecue and like a pregame, what? Um, like food situation <laughs> for all VIP clients. So, awesome. yeah. So, I mean, it, it was, you know, a solid 200, 300 people every game, um, you know, be a part, be like get there, you know, four hours early, set it up mingle with them, create that relationship. So now, you know, I got my 200, 300 people that I know I'm dealing with. And what would lead into it was like, oh, they need tickets for the game. They have friends come in, parking passes and all that. Then throughout the game, you just cruise around the stadium, making sure everyone's enjoying themselves, making sure they're getting their free food. Um, the service are getting there on time. Um, so it, it was a great experience to like at least, you know, start to create like a, a portfolio book or like a book of business of I can handle clients, I can handle people. It's all good reviews. Um, but I, I, I knew there was a lifeline on it. Um, I'm like just growing up, I'm a competitive person and you know, we're losing a lot. So I had to go somewhere, <laughs> had to go somewhere where they're collecting a couple more W's, but it was a great start. Um, good organization. My boss is awesome. Um, but doing something like that on a complete whim, I had to drive an hour and a half every day, you know, for that, for that gig. And, you know, through SF traffic, people now going up and down that one one is not easy. So uh, overall, great experience. You know, got exposed to the MLS side of things, um, kind of when it was really starting to shoot off. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, it was, it was, it was what good. about six, seven years ago at this point. So it's yeah, it's it's definitely yeah. gained in popularity. I think what we have two, maybe even three teams in LA at this point. I have no idea what's yeah. going on. Like they're just sprouting up everywhere every other year. It seems like, and the MLS is really starting to take off. Hopefully, soccer figures itself out here because. We have enough people. I think we could be pretty darn good at that sport. So hopefully, uh, no, I have, uh, I guess a- absolutely. Yeah, no, I, I played soccer collegiately too. So I, got, nice. I was a big fan. And even to this day, like, I still watch Champs League and EPL and all that good stuff. Oh, yeah. League, so yeah, I get on it. Betting a lot on Champions League. It's an absolute <laughs> blast. Um, got my tickets for uh, who we got? Uh, Bayern Munich. Yeah, that was that's an easy one, though. It's kind of a joke. Yeah, we'll take yeah. it. I'll roll with it. So I, I guess with that, like. Money. Did you um? Did you get to like? Did you have? Did you get to like cook the food and eat it, or was it kind of just no, like? I was I was the process. <laughs> no, I mean it was funny. One of my first jobs growing up, I worked at the zoo and I worked all the nice. cookouts, and I I was the guy on the grill. So I'd be grilling next to a polar bear, but that's outside of that, no. Cool. They, due to sanitation reasons and all that, we had some official cooks, but it was more so being the point person, mm-hmm. you know, running it and all that. Um, it was good. I mean, at the time, San Jose didn't have their brand new stadium. I mean, they got a pretty kick-ass stadium right now, top of the art. Um, but at the time, we were playing at Santa Clara University. Um, and so they're making do with what, they, with what they had. So people paying a premium, they wanted to take care of them any way they could. So what that was is, you know, 
pop up a barbecue, get an open bar, and you're going to have a good time. I think yeah, who who's going to have a bad time? You get live right? sports, barbecue, and a couple beers. I think everybody's going to be happy, especially in a nice day. Yeah. Goodness, doesn't get any I mean, better than that. What people don't know, too, about soccer, the great thing about it, it's a two-hour game. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more, there's nothing less. Unless, yep. unless you know it's like a championship or something, you're there for your 90 minutes plus 15 minutes at halftime, so you're good. So, you know, that that was something nice. Like, on the schedule, you could, you know, commit to things. Hoops, NFL, NHL gets a little interesting, but. Yeah, it's it, right. Like, some of these college football games, they're like four hours long. It's, and it's like, yeah. guys, what, this is unnecessary. That's the nice thing about soccer. It is nice and quick, yeah, right? Two hours, you could play a couple games there. And so, I guess with that, as you said, it, you know, it was kind of on a whim that you took that job. It was something. It was in sports. It was with a team. Yep. So, that obviously is a resume builder. How do you then go about going from, hey, I, I was, you know, cruising around, shaking hands while people are eating their barbecue to, okay, now, now I'm going to look for a position that's, you know, maybe I could sell tickets or uh, more in the, the front office side of sports rather than those game day operations. Yeah. I mean, super simple. You got to make money out in the Bay area to stay afloat. Uh, it was only paying so much, right? So on top of going to school at the time, it was like, you know, time to get real. Um, otherwise graduation was staring me down the throat. I was six months away. Um, a lot of people, I was probably like the majority of kids in our program didn't have full-time jobs at this point. Cause like, you're just doing so many internships mm-hmm. or, uh, you know, so many things to try to stay afloat out there. And so, you know, if I couldn't latch onto a job, there's real thought of, you know, maybe I have to go back to Wisconsin. Maybe I have to go look for a different opportunity. Um, but I stuck with it. And, uh, you know, when I, when I left to SF to come out with the, uh, you know, to do this program, I said, I'm working for the Niners of the Warriors. And so I, I, you know, had a buddy inside the Warriors who went to Marquette with me. And then he's like, dude, there's a job opening. He's like, you got to give me a resume. I'm like, all right, let's do it. Deal. Give it a try. Fire it up. Um, it's, it was a process, right? It, it took a while because the Warriors weren't good at this point, right? It was an unknown, big, big unknown. So I was reached out the year that, you know, before they got really good. Um, and the rest is kind of history. I can get into it a little bit too. I don't know if you have any other questions regarding. Yeah. I mean, that. I guess, I guess more so like with one thing that happens in sports a lot, especially those first few years are people are, you know, you're most likely not going to stick with an organization for too long. Now you've been very, you know, I, not, I'm not going to say lucky. You've obviously worked very hard and, and moved up a little bit in terms of what you've been with the Warriors for the last couple of years, but you did see it. The first job you had, you were there for a season, essentially, then you moved on. And that's, what's going to happen a lot to people that are getting yep. in, especially working for teams. Was that an understand? as you said, you wanted to work for the Niners or the Warriors, but there was the understanding, Hey, maybe I have to go back home. Maybe I have to do this. Did you kind of go in with that mindset of once the next thing comes available, I'm going to jump to it. And if I need to keep jumping to get to the Warriors mm-hmm. or the Niners, I, that, that's something that I'm willing to do. Absolutely, man. Um, I mean, a big thing for me was I, when I originally interviewed with the Warriors, I didn't, I didn't get the job. Um, there's, they came down to two people and they gave it to the other person. Um, but they called me and said, Hey, just, just wait in the wings. You never know something might happen. So it it was a good four months before I heard back from them in the process. I'm interviewing with Stanford athletics. I'm interviewing with the Niners. Uh, I'm interviewing with teams outside the state. Um, you know, things like that. And I was, you know, ready to kind of give up, give that up almost. Right. Mm-hmm. And then one lucky Monday morning after a night out, after like a big, a big, uh, NFL Sunday, I get woken up and, you know, I hear like, we want you. And I was like, wow. Then all kind of changed. 
My See, first, first, first week on the job was three games in a row. So, oh, there you go. Throw it in the fire, man. Get right. Get used to. Oh, was that the uh, that was the lockout year, right? Where they had the one uh, they had to have the back to back to back, right? Was that the it was first right, one? It was, no, it was right after that. So I was the year okay. that uh, my first year was when they won it. So. Oh time. shoot. Okay. Yeah. Not a not a bad yeah. uh, not no. a bad time to start. No, but yeah, man, you gotta you gotta take what you can get, especially out here. We're young and naive. Like mm-hmm. every, what you learn in the sports world is anything you can get. You just put your year, two years in, and then you know the, the rest will kind of pan out for itself. I love it, man. That's the way you got to do it. And and yeah, I definitely want to talk a little bit about the Warriors as because one one really interesting part to that story is you actually it was down to two people and they said, you know, Hey, maybe if something comes up, I always feel like that's just bullshit. Right. Like I always yeah. feel like if they're like, it was Damn. down to me and some other person, the other person gets it. Like, that's it. Like I, I'm out, you know, they're not going to then wait for the next sales position and say, okay, now we want you. That very rarely happens. Did you, did you actually think they were ever going to call back or, or like, I guess, what was your mindset? Obviously, you, no. Like, right. Yeah. Like I've never heard of that happening before. Yeah, no way. I thought I killed it too. Like I was like, Oh man, like you're going through like, hours and hours of interviews and then you know to hear that's a gut punch right um you know at the time my uncle he works he's got a merchandise stand for the giants san francisco giants so i just stayed working the corner with him and so just to kind of keep the money stay afloat and all that good stuff it was tough man you get down easily uh i mean but that that comes with the ticket that was sports that's the first thing we learn our first class is you know the ups and downs of it so Mm -hmm. um you know stay with it right if if you got a dream, just follow it. It's corny as all get up, but man, I I had to prove to the people at home. Like I, I came out here for one reason. I'm gonna do it. I got close. So I, my hope was like, mm-hmm. all right, if not that position, maybe there's another one in the Warriors organization. Um, I just got lucky that I guess what they told me actually made sense. And I get to the Warriors, and they're like, yeah, there's someone that we thought was gonna quit, so we thought we we're gonna hire two of you, but she didn't quit. So. Oh shit. Oh, geez. We'll okay. take it. <laughs> that works. Yeah. Well, hey, you, you got there and you've been uh, pretty successful during that time. As you said, your first year there was the first year that they win yep. the, uh, the NBA finals, which must have been absolutely incredible. And they, they go on that incredible run. The Splash Brothers, they've always, they were always kind of the Splash Brothers, but that year it was just absolutely bonkers what they were able to do. Yep. I'm sure they set 100 records that year as, the, as they did every year. What um I guess what was your first position with the Warriors? Uh, let's start with that. What was that first position? What were you doing? Yeah, so account executive. So you know, it, it's a similar title now. Now just with like a, a little bit of a title shift, uh, but you know, same kind of uh, realm of things. Uh, so it's having my three hundred fifty clients, and it's just relationship building. Uh, not so much on the sales side where we're cold calling, making those one off game sales. It's the sales team have gotten these clients to buy season tickets. So now they come over to us and now we're the connection point with the team going forward. What that means is, you know, game day, helping them with their tickets, um, having events for them pre, post, during, that's a happy hour, getting them on the court for courtside shoot around. We all know Steph shoot around, right? Um, it's become a thing. So people want to get there to see it. Locker room visits, uh, player meet and greets, and then, you know, big December, you know, holiday events, summer events. Um, so it's that, it's that, you know, 11 to 12 month relationship. And then actually we just started it Monday called renewals. Um, it's that one month segment that we get you to buy tickets for the next season and if applicable playoffs. Um, so I, at that time, obviously playoffs were, yeah, were big. Easy. And so that was the thing. So in order to have, get the chance to get playoff tickets, you had to have season tickets. I love um, that. And it makes sense, yeah. right? Yeah, no, it makes sense. No, it, it was funny too, man. When I first started that job, I didn't have a suit. 
and I didn't know like every game you had to wear a suit. You know, those video, like those pictures of like LeBron and all them with those baggy suits. Yeah. Like, yeah, yeah. yeah that, it wasn't too far off. It wasn't Amen. too far off. It's amazing how much I've evolved over the years. It makes uh, sense. That's what we all yeah. do after college. You're all good, man. Yeah, but no, but no, it, it was like a full on, you know, thrust into position, but I, I felt good, good doing it. Cause you know, you go back to the, the earthquakes, even the small sample size, man, but that was the start of it. I love it, dude. I love it. And so yeah. with that, with that in particular, like, like, I want to talk about those first few years because I mean, they obviously what they went to the finals five times in a row, if I'm not mistaken, four times yep. in a row. What was it? Five times. Five, five times, times in a row. row. End up winning two, two of them. Yeah, three, three of them. Whatever. Yep. I don't. It's it's been too. Mm-hmm. It was a little much as a, as just a fan <laughs> of sports. It was a little much. But hey, being there, it was probably the like I'm not gonna say the easiest job in the world. But like, what were those conversations like? Like, it must have just been. Was it just fishing and shooting fish in a barrel? I don't know what the hell that comment is. Yeah. That, that would, like at, at some point, it's just like, hey, do you guys want to come watch the greatest team, of, like, you know, all time potentially? Just, you know, run through the NBA, win the finals, and you get to cheer along with your kids. Like, how, how easy are those sales at that point? Yeah. So, you know, it was interesting. I mean, let's, let's think about the market first off. So the market can sustain this kind of activity, too. Mm-hmm. And, you know, with, with the way the prices were going, it was insane. So if you'd sell tickets, you'd make a, make a fortune off of it and whatnot. Um, but in, in my field, we more so they had the tickets, right? The problem mm-hmm. was getting them more. Um, I mean, we'd have pre-sales that would last for under five minutes for mm-hmm. like a first round playoff game. And then you got to the finals, like us versus LeBron. Are you kidding me? Like you're going against the best in the world. And those tickets were, you know, starting at a thousand, you know, just insane. And then, um, it, I almost would say because we were so good, our fans expected like more mm-hmm. out of us, yeah. right? Because and so it almost made it more difficult. It was almost more difficult to help people during the good years than it is the bad years because um, expectations are higher. Not just the players and the team, but like out of us as employees. Um, so a lot of it, like for me personally, I had two season tickets. Like every employee gets season tickets. And the toughest thing was who gets to go to the game. <laughs> like, like, like you got 15, 20 people asking you to go to like, you know, the Western Conference Finals versus the Spurs, or, you know, do you send them to, do you send your mom and dad to the finals, but your two best friends are in town. So it, it was, it was wild. It, I, I, it's tough to explain, but I'd say my business card was the greatest thing I had in San Francisco during those five years. Absolutely, man. I can <laughs> I, only imagine. <laughs> I could go to any other event I wanted to and just had to, you know, figure out a way to get them into the game. Yep. I was obviously, by trade you obviously, tickets. By selling, obviously by selling them the tickets. Yeah, yeah. Oh, of course, of course. No. Uh, no, man, I I just think it is so cool. And it's a really interesting perspective, right? As you said, it's almost more difficult when they're that good, because after a while, it's like, all right, we've been to the finals three years in a row. It's like, well, what do you expect this year? Well, I expect to go and win again. Like, right. It just becomes that it's almost it's almost too much. And I think yep. you, you bring a really interesting perspective on that on how it is, you know, keeping up with those expectations is a little difficult. Now, Kevin Durant comes. They win a couple more. Then he, you know, everybody gets hurt that last year, which was awful. Obviously, never want to see everyone get hurt. I mean, I'm Kevin Durant with his Achilles, Clay Thompson with his ACL. Like, it just sucked, man. It's unfortunate. Obviously, Clay Thompson's out again this year, which stinks. But with with that, like uh, the the run up w- to the new stadium, I'm curious about that because they move. They have the Chase Center. You know, we're hearing Rachel Nichols talk about it on the jump. It's like, oh, it's printing money. It's printing money you know they, they spent 2.6 billion and just sponsors alone they already brought back 2 billion or whatever it is like what what was that process like because not too many people you know in your position or really in any position 
get to go through, you know, opening, rebranding, all that stuff that comes along with the new stadium, especially one of the magnitude that is the, the Chase Center. Absolutely. I mean, just to kind of touch back on that Oakland time period, man, we were rock stars. Like, not even just the players, but employees, too. You walk into a bar, you walk into even like a room of 10 people and they say you work for the Warriors and it was like, well, you're the star of the show right now. <laughs> um, but it was incredible, right? Everybody wanted a piece of the Warriors. Like even the Golden away game, um, the ticket prices were up so high. Um, TV, they're all over the place. Like bars would be packed here just to watch a regular season game. Um, I, me and my buddies talk about all the time, like those five years were, it's like a joke. It's like what we were able to pull off and like mm-hmm. what we were able to see and be a part of. Um, it was so fun. Um, and what it did for us as an organization, man, we went from a team that was terrible, right? Riding the pie most of the season, uh, you know, being in the last five, five teams. Um, and then all of a sudden you go to five straight finals and it changes your franchise around. So now tickets start to get a little bit more expensive. Um, you know, our, our, like, our season ticket holder list went up to 50 K over 50 K. I mean, that's something like the Packers have. And mm-hmm. I don't know about too many other teams besides that. Um, so then when we did the whole shift to San Francisco, it was interesting. Golden State Warriors like to consider themselves the Bay team, right? So it's like tough to pull them out of one part of the Bay to go to the other. So it was tough to leave Oakland for a lot of people, I think. Um, a lot of people saw it maybe as a money grab going to San Francisco. Maybe the whole, um, you know, mindset of the team and the business would be different. But, you know, I think we handled it well. and. There's there's a lot that went on behind it too. Like I think there's a lot of opportunity to stay in Oakland, but I just think it worked out. Um, you know, I love uh, if you come to the new stadium now. It, it it they call it the Madison Square Garden of the of the West, but you know, way newer and a lot cooler. Yeah, a lot more um, stuff going on, right? <laughs> I know they. I remember when I was reading about the the Chase Center opening up. They have that that you have the outdoor area where you can like watch the yep. game. Like there's so much shit. But unfortunately, the first year you move in there, half yeah. the team's hurt. And then the second half of the season essentially just shuts yep. down to the pandemic. So I'm curious, like, as you said, you were riding high five straight years. You could do you were the rock star. You could do whatever the hell you wanted. Yep. And in one fell swoop, it all comes crashing down. Like what what was that like from a season ticket perspective? Right. Like all these people saying like, hey, man, we can't come across the bay. It's, as it, it, it sounds easy as someone that's never seen or been there, but it's a lot more difficult, especially with traffic in, uh, in California. So what was like so many different things start happening at once that some sounded great. And then all of a sudden, all those injuries, the team is terrible. Uh, you know, Steph is then hurt and they essentially kind of just shut him down for the season. We can speculate. I'm not here to do that, yep. though. Like, what was that then like where, again, you're at the highest of high for five straight years. And then all of a sudden it's it's over, essentially. Yeah. For, for at no, least it, that season. It, it, it's a reality check is what it is. I think it grounded us on a lot of levels, right? Especially me personally. I mean, you just get used. It was almost like you get used to going to finals, right? So, mm-hmm. like, oh, we're not in the finals. Yeah. Like, this, what a failure of a season. What a failure of a job this was this past year. Um, you know, but it, it, it you got to take a step back and take perspective, right? Um, for a kid that just got into sports and first five years on a job, he's got three championships. People work their whole careers. You get those rings, right? Yeah, we get the rings. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, three is nice, but it's like if I'm saying there's people that work their whole career and they can't they can't do that, can't achieve that. Um, so you gotta take that moment to sit back and be like, okay, those five years were I mean, we broke every record in the books almost, right? Then we can compare us to the Bulls run. Um so you gotta appreciate it, 
but then you also got to separate it and move on, right? I think the easiest part about that that year, last year, when we were the worst team, we knew it right away. So it wasn't like a slow grind and Steph's playing and everyone's playing. It was just like right off the bat, we knew this was going to be tough. Um, I think, you know, I talked with my buddies, it was the basketball gods got back at us. With all the injuries, it just wasn't meant to be against Toronto. That one still bums me out because I think if we're healthy, we would have beaten them. I think if you win um, game six, you win game seven. Yeah, like I remember absolutely. watching that game being like, if they win, like yeah. Steph is going to go nuclear in game seven, pull yeah. this out with a 50 point, you know, whatever. And, you know, we're calling now this is the greatest team of all time because yep. you lose Clay Thompson and KD and you right, still end up right. winning. Like that would have been no. nuts. Yeah. But from a business standpoint, what happened was, you know, as a team, we, prices rose for tickets, expectations rose, and then we sold the new building as if we're a championship caliber team. Right. And so, we're paying the money for Steph Clay, Dre, and, you know, the KDs of the world. And he didn't come over with us, which was, a, you know, a gut punch, but we still have a really, really good roster. Right. So the expectation is there to keep it, keep it going. We're paying the money. Let, let, let's see the results. So by losing and having a bad season, it really put the omen on us as a business. What can we do to what's the other, we, we've almost let the stuff on the court mm-hmm. really help carry our business, but now it's our time to like really learn and like, can we be the ones now to help carry the, carry the business? Right. Yep. So we got really creative with, you know, how we interact with our season ticket holders. Um, you know, a lot of floor seat opportunity upgrades, a lot of like, you know, one time, like the players got more involved with events. Um, people that don't know us players, you know, they have a cap on what they, they have to do. And so, you know, people were players were you know, going over that number just to help out. Um, so it, it, from a business standpoint to be on the, the high and the high and the low, the low, like you've been through it all then. Right. So those, there's definitely days with those tough conversations. There's no, no doubt about it. Um, and in the process, I don't know if I mentioned this to you before, but instead of having a PSL, we have a thing called the membership. So it, it, it's the right to buy your seat, but instead of us just taking the money and keeping it, you get it back in 30 years. So, hmm. Um, what that does it so a little little history with Chase Center. It's the Please. only first first ever privately financed stadium. So a lot of stadiums that are built in cities, you gotta go to the taxpayers, mm-hmm. right? You know this money. So this is the first one that that's never happened. So the thought of it, you know, is if we can get a lot of money up front, help finance the building, and then over the thirty years we'll be able to pay everyone back. So it, it it's an interesting situation. Um it's a different take on it. I think teams like the Rams uh, instituted it as well with their new stadium. Um, but no, it, it, so it, it, it was asking for a lot of money off the bat. And, um, so when you, when you ask for a lot of money, you gotta, you gotta make sure that they're getting their money's worth. Right. And then now throw in the pandemic. <laughs> yeah. Well, I want to stop there before we get to the pandemic, because yeah. that's, that's really out of everyone's control, just like injuries are, they're out of everyone's control, but yeah. there was still things in your control at that time. As you said, you know, yeah. the, the players were, were giving back more. You, you had to get creative and find ways. Like what were some of those things that like, Hey, the first five years, all you had to do was win. You kind of threw your hands up. It's like, you're going to buy more tickets. We all know that now you guys are absolutely terrible. What were some of the things that you guys had to do? You guys and girls that work there, especially in your role, what were some of the things you had to do to just kind of make people just like, Hey, I know you're paying a lot of money to see like the worst team in the league right now. Here's some fun stuff yeah. we can do together. Yeah. I, I think a lot of it was, you know, communication, right? So just, just, you know, maybe that one conversation we turned into two to three, mm-hmm. um, always reminding them that, you know, Steph is, he's healing. Yeah, he's going right. to heal. 
um and that like the future's still bright and man we have amazing owners right so they're willing to pay the money i think we've gone to luxury tax every single year mm-hmm. so there's hope there because we know teams that struggle and you look at their ownership and you know you can start asking questions like why are we always in this situation we know that we're not going to be in this situation for long so it's just reminding people reminding ourselves that this is this is a one-off this has to be one-off i mean i truly think if um like steph and clay weren't hurt you know and even if clay wasn't hurt this year it'd, it'd be a completely different ball oh, game 100 yeah. percent. um even last year right i think mm-hmm. we even could have been in the top five discussion still um so i mean it just are we end up having pre-game events almost every single game and that's a happy hour you know free beer free food that gets that'll get people going. yep let's go yep 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 we got a little bit int- more interesting with our, our gifting strategy not just like we do a bobblehead sets not just that but more shirts, uh, everything else. We sent everyone Under Armour um, sponsored Warriors masks this year that, you know, they come out of high clip. So it was just gifting more, taking care of people who really needed it, right? It's almost like they needed someone to pat their back through the situation. Um, but it, it's a fine line. This is good to know from a business standpoint. It's like, you can't just because it's a bad year, doesn't mean that you like have to throw away every, all your standards mm-hmm. and yeah. all that because now the moment, let's say, all right, we're good. So you got what you got from when we're good. But now that we're bad, we're just going to throw all this stuff at you. You can't overdo it, right? Because then they're going to have the expectation of the next year of all that stuff too, right? So it's it's just a matter of finding a balance and just hope. Just like, hey, this year's a wash. We got to move on. Yeah. Hey, we, we'll get them next future. year. We'll get them yeah. next year. But of course, then, <clears throat> as you were saying, then we throw the pandemic into the mix. Yeah. And like yeah. that just that just ruins everything even more. Like what what have you been doing, especially with California having some pretty stringent standards, understandably, uh, especially in the cities and everything? How how did like, there's no season tickets like right? There's nobody in the stadium yet. And I don't think there no. will be for a little while. Like, how are you going about again? Just you, hey, you know, we're getting through this, guys. Like how how often can you just have that conversation with someone before they're like, Tom, man, like. God, what are we doing here? No, I, I, my, my joke, my running joke is I felt like I was a counselor this year. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah right. It, it was, I still remember, like, it's almost coming up a year now. We were all in the office and we were supposed to play the Brooklyn Nets. And we decided that we weren't going to have fans. And then we had a meeting that morning saying, like, all right, we're staying in the office. And then three hours later, it's like, grab your backpack, get the hell out of here. Mm-hmm. Um, little did we know that I was <laughs> the last time we're going to see any of our clients for a whole year. Um, let alone step foot in the building. Um, so it, it, it was interesting. So we, we had four days left um, in our renewal process last year. And so we decided as an organization to finish through with it. And so by doing so, we came out very well because there's a lot of NBA teams that never even got the chance to do the renewals. Mm-hmm. And so they still haven't been able to do anything for the whole year. So, you know, we were able to still kind of stay up on our revenue numbers and whatnot. Uh, and that was big, you know, big for our organization. Um, I think we're the last team to have to, um, you know, furlough or, or release anybody. Um, so that was big. And then obviously from like the work standpoint, it's, they're paying a lot of money, right. For something that we don't, we can't even, mm-hmm. can't even give them. Right. So it's just, again, preaching patience. I, it sounds simple, but you know, it, it, that's the way it is around all the sports. Right. Um, California is interesting. So it's a little tough to see like other teams have fans, but at the same time, when I see that, I'm like, man, it's a little crazy. Right. I don't know. if I don't know if we're ready for that. Um, but a, a lot of it's 
we've gotten interesting this year. So we're the only team that has decided to do like the virtual fan. So mm-hmm. kind of which was popular down yeah, in Disney. We're the only team that has like gone forward with something like that. Um, I think it was realistic that, you know, we thought California would be a little slow on this and that's fine. I mean, it's all about being safe too. Um, so we can have 80 fans a night doing that. Uh, that's a really cool thing. We have a thing called the coach's corner where the coaches have bought in and every single game day at around noon, they have a small group session like this with 30 of our season ticket holders to break Very down cool. the starting report. Yeah. And so one-on-one conversation. So it, it, you know, unique things like that. We have happy hours every week, trivia, we have players, Q and A's. So everyone's been on board as an organization, which has been great because we've needed everyone to get a, stay afloat. Right. Mm-hmm. It's like, what, what do you do? in a business that, you know, is entertainment, especially live entertainment, and you don't have content, right? So it's all about can, how can you form and gen, like, generate content? And that's been the big thing. Yeah. And, and, you know, you bring up the bubble and, you know, it was the, the virtual fans were pretty cool, right? It was fun kind of seeing people. And I think it was like Lil Wayne or somebody and they're trying to like high five each other. Or yep, something. That yep, was kind of cool yep. having some fun with it. But I guess with, you know, with, with what's going on now, like that's only going to last for so long. Now, as you said, we're starting to see fans come back into the stadiums here being, being in New Jersey. I just turned on a devil's game last night. I was like, Oh shit, they got fans there. That's kind of cool. Yep. I know the Rangers and you know, the Knicks and the nets are allowing super small amounts of people, but it's still something to get back to normal. It's kind of cool to hear that crowd noise again. Cause we do miss that a lot. I guess what are, what are some of the things like, you know, you, you come up with some cool ideas, but, and you don't know, right. It's all government based. So there's really nothing you can do about it. how, how how is morale in the organization staying afloat? Like how how are you you know just still sticking with like all right no like we can you know this is probably this is the rest of the year and then maybe next year we can get back to everything. How are you guys just kind of dealing with that internally and and then showing that externally uh, you know in a, in a, in an authentic way? Yeah, I mean, and just to touch back with like our season ticket holders too is we came out early just it gave them an option if you can make the payments great we'll we'll take care of you for like sticking with us through this mm-hmm. thing and. If you needed a break or if you couldn't do it, then, you know, that's, that's awesome. fine too. So it was just basically, it's a year off is what it is. Mm-hmm. Um, we, we recently came out, you know, saying that we're, we're not going to have season tickets for the rest of the season. Um, it just not, doesn't make sense. Um, so the interesting thing is our team tried to create, uh, there's an article about it, you know, testing for every fan that comes into the building. I think the, one cool. the only one to ever come up with that. And so now the plan is, can we still utilize that? And, you know, maybe that's a thing for the future going forward. Right. Um, as a, as a employee base, you know, to stay, stay pumped on it. We've been lucky enough to get to a game or two. Um, nice. Very cool. So behind, behind closed doors, you know, we can't really promote it too much, but it's just like being able to see it in, the, in that it, it's wild. You walk into an 18,000 seat arena that usually is like, you know, pumped to the gills. That's 20,000 people in it. right? Yeah, And, and all it is, is you see, you see everyone, you know, you know, the whole stadium and there's family and friends from the players and just the basketball operations and all that stuff. So it's a unique situation, but the Warriors have done a good job keeping us afloat. Right. So, you know, we have access to, you know, a lot of group sessions, talking, getting through this, there's ups and downs, man. The pandemic's kind of crazy. Um, I just think it's nice that it's on TV though. Right. Mm-hmm. It, it just gives you something to watch. Exactly. So, yeah, I was super bored for those like three months, whatever it was, like half of March, yeah. April, May, and most of June. Um, like we got like NASCAR. I was the biggest NASCAR fan in the world for those couple of weeks when it was the only thing that was on, right? And you know, yeah. UFC. I couldn't care less about the UFC, but 
it's on and I need something to do. So I'm going to watch it. So it is, it is nice to see it back. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm grateful the the players in the leagues have all been able to figure something out because yes, it's not the safest as we're seeing. I mean, we just saw like the Raptors have to pretty much shut down everything because half their team got sick. You know, it's really yep. unfortunate. And I've had some friends that got it and right. Like they're sitting on their couch playing video games. They're like, man, I got really tired doing this. And now you're seeing these athletes go out and, you know, kind of put their put their work life's work into 18 20 minutes and like i don't know how they're capable of doing it like i I know people that can barely walk up and downstairs so shout out to them for being willing to do something like this um so it's it's always nice to see but thomas this was awesome man yeah no i i I appreciate it man that's the biggest thing right we all want a slice of normalcy yeah right exactly if we can at least emulate it to some degree that'd be great it would be great. And hopefully it, uh, slowly, but surely we're starting to see some good things apparently with the vaccines and everything. So hopefully it all, it all works itself out. And, uh, maybe next time I'm in San Francisco, I, uh, I have a buddy <laughs> to call up and say, Hey man, I know you got some tickets. I just need one of them. So Thomas, yeah, this was know. absolutely incredible, man. I appreciate it. Where can everyone find you on the internet? Uh, LinkedIn, Twitter, wherever, wherever you're most active. Yeah, man. LinkedIn. Um, you got Twitter, Instagram. I can throw the handle out there real yeah, quick. I gotta do. find it. <laughs> Uh, works. I have Facebook, but I don't really comment on it. So. I don't think anybody yet. All right. <laughs> we're we're kind of over that shit, man. I think we're good. All right. So it's, it's T Sweeney underscore three. Love Hit it. me up. Let me know. Love it. I'll yeah, put that no, in the I, show notes for everyone. Yeah, too. I love this, man. I used to do, I used to do uh, a radio show myself, two scoops with Tom. So two hours nice. of greatness. There, uh, oh, I, I lo- I love <laughs> it. I love all this stuff. So I'm, it was happy to be on the show, man. You run a great program here. So pumped to, pumped to do this. If you ever need me down the road, you let me know. Hey, man, when the Warriors make it to the playoffs, I think they're going to make it to the playoffs. I think Steph's going to win MVP. So I wish Clay was there because I made this like weird full circle on the Warriors. Like it was really cool when they first showed up and then they got KD. You guys got KD and I was like totally against it. So I, you know, Empire villains, the whole thing. And then KD leaves. I was like, wait, now would be kind of cool if they got really good again and won. And obviously everyone gets hurt. So I've totally i'm 100 percent back on board yeah. one thing i will say it's the most beautiful brand of basketball and that's what oh, i love about it most it's not even close it. man it is not yep. even close but that whole kd thing that i wasn't a huge fan of those three hey man years, so. being on the dark side sometimes is fun. it's cool Give it a oh try. yeah i'm a, I'm a duke a basketball fan so like we're getting <laughs> crapped on all here this year okay. which hey i'm cool with it It happens it's, you know the the three titles that i've seen in my lifetime kind of make up for it so i'm not too angry about it but no thomas there this has go. been fantastic man really appreciate it appreciate your insight on the industry and what you've been doing and uh excited to have you on hopefully have you on again soon man thanks so much absolutely man you have a good one michael bye everybody yeah.